Yeah, so <laughs> on the one hand, very much a formal government minister giving a presentation. On the, on the other hand, not quite, you know, like it used to be. What's no. your first uh, thought? Sounds, sounds totally different in a lot of ways. The, um, I think the challenge for all of us is that that kind of participation has been talked about as a way of our current systems protecting themselves mm -hmm. under a v veneer of participation. I think what Audrey's referring to is a real embrace of the actual results, an openness to the actual results of actual participation. And that one of the challenges for that in all kinds of communities and all kinds of cultures and all kinds of countries is a real pervasive cynicism about whether leadership is actually willing or interested in listening to people. Mm. And I think this is where our posture, people who are running institutions and assemblies and ministries and institutions need to recognize that rebuilding trust and pushing back against that cynicism is an encouragement of faith that we get to have faith in a healthier and different outcome as we think about a more generative future is an invitation, but one that a lot of people are very suspicious of right now. At the same time, I mean, I, I share all of those concerns, uh, but one thing that I do find very inspiring is that here is a politician who has come to this role through an unconventional path. Because in one way, I tend to think that, oh, but like we need to, we have, such urgency in a lot of the changes. So we're kind of stuck with the politicians we currently have. And of course, that's not actually how, at least in democracies, this works. Like we can actually exchange the politicians for like other humans who might have other approaches and like a bigger willingness to, to listen. But of course that does take time. And, and then you also lose some institutional knowledge uh, that is also very vital in keeping our processes And the going. time is tricky, right? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned in your intro the sort of idea of the sort of the empathy fatigue the, uh, that, that is, is hard to sustain that kind of power and energy and demand uh, all, all the time, especially when one of the challenges, one of the really important things about a gathering like this is that building cohesion and coordination helps us break down the loneliness of working in social change. Mm -hmm. And that the fatigue and the burnout that comes from pushing against what feels like pushing molasses up a sandy hill, that's a little bit of a southern concept. That may pushing not syrup yeah, yeah, up uh, yeah, up sand, uh, yes. <laughs> That one might not translate that well. Yeah. Uh, it, it is something that that we need to keep doing together. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the time, one of the challenges of sort of the, what we see of the acceleration of industrialization and social media and now technologies and artificial intelligences is that we feel like we don't have enough time mm -hmm. to get to the next election cycle, that that feels too far away. Um, and people who are not interested in systems that are actually for all people, much less all beings, can do a lot of damage really quickly um, when they're in charge. Yeah. And so who's in charge matters quite a lot, um, but, but then, it's something we can change every day. But uh, like we individually don't have to actually be as deeply engaged in all of these processes. I feel like what from when, 
one of the many thoughts I had when in from your talk was that there are these two sort of directions. There's the sort of inner path, which is very much about uh, breaking out of the anxiety of enoughness. And again, cer certainly like for people who are maybe struggling with that for the first time, that, that might be very much a process that they need to be working on. Like, what is enough for whom? How is that uh, determined? And how do we determine that for ourselves? Like, What are the values that are involved? But then there's this other outer path, which is like, how, how do we participate in the world? We can't be in every process, oh. but that's okay, because there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us, and a lot of lanes, and a lot of work to do, and a lot of effort. And, and I think about sort of this shift toward a more generative society, like um, turning a lighthouse. The, there are lots and lots of interlocking gears, all of which need pressure all the time in a sustained way, but each one is a handle for each one of us, right? And so we all put what effort we have into our gear and into the space and we all slowly start to turn and it puts us in a place where we can begin to do that work as part of just breathing, just being in the world um, in a way that is um, hopefully helps also push back against the, the burnout of, of transformation. I, I've been thinking recently, I've been reading Rebecca Solnit and I, I, I've been thinking about this idea that we don't have to, like what is the the end goal is the, that it's the process. We're going to be living in the process. And even if we were to fix all the problems in the world eventually, I wouldn't be there for it. Uh, so there is this really radical idea uh, that comes from in different variants from many thinkers, which is how about like imagine uh, that we have already reached the goal and then start living that as much as you can. Like, what would you, what would, who would you be in that world? And then live that as much as you can today. And to me, that's an incredibly radical idea that I wouldn't have to be miserable as an activist or as somebody who has a lot of worry. Imagine that. Yeah. And, and, and you're saying it's not actually my fault. It's just like a good four to six to 10,000 10, years of baggage that I need to divorce myself from and I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So the key to the, the key to part of this, to that, to that idea of acting as if, which has a lot of power and a lot of contexts, um, is you talked about people, some communities feeling this fear and uncertainty of enoughness, feeling unsafe, particularly about the future, the sense of futurelessness for the first time yeah. in a long time, is how we create safe bridges to start knitting this back together into a human process yeah. where we are safe uh, to engage with the world with curiosity, to do this work in ways that trust that others will do their work is starting to build, like how we ask those who are safe to use that safety to create more safety for others. And that's a fundamental sort of process of bridging um, that is required in a society that has now been, had a lot of polarization and a lot of segregation pressure applied to it politically, algorithmically now mm -hmm. for uh, now a couple of decades that our generations in this room are gonna now need to slowly undo um, by accepting their responsibility of being bridges and safe spaces for other people. And accepting that in all of these spaces and all of the groups of people and the workplaces and the class environments and your building and your neighborhood, there are a lot of people who for different reasons have never felt safe. Mm -hmm. And they, they're not paralyzed, you know? A lot of people I'm trying to use I'm trying to use vague pronouns for myself now in this context, uh, but but I mean a lot of people. Uh, I think everybody has some experience of, of feeling not safe, and we have managed to muddle through. And some people have managed to against insurmountable odds, 
So probably if I'm a little bit worried now, like I'll be fine, you know. Uh, so there's also something there about saying that action, but I mean, I think there is something that action is the key to unlock hope. Like you do something, just do anything to make it, the world safe and for more people and is going to make who, you hopeful. And those people who have done that are the models that we need to look at for leadership. Yeah, that's exactly it. And to elevate to leadership mm -hmm. uh, because it's a pretty vital uh, sort of experience as well. Yeah, have we set up two days of like massive questions in every direction, easing, personal, governmental, societal? Yeah, I feel like we have set up a lot of questions <laughs> and not provided a lot of answers, which is exactly what this first hour is meant to do. You, your Success. book is in the pop-up library, so people can, can grab you there to ask sure. you more questions in the break. Uh, I'll just do some housekeeping and then I, we will thank you again. Uh,